thanking the Lord for everything that he did for us this morning, for those that were baptized and we're praying for them as a church. And uh, we're asking that the Lord will uh, help them to keep growing. And so keep doing that. I've got a few prayer requests that I want you to remember here. This one is from Rebecca Miller. Please pray for me and my husband. And we're, they're having a hard time. This is from Rebecca Miller. And pray for Victoria, Tamika, and my grandkids. So let's be praying for Rebecca and for Maurice Miller. And it was good to see them here this morning. We've been praying for them often. Let's remember Mary Bradley. Uh, my cancer is now in my lungs. And she's going to be receiving some treatments for that to slow it down. So please be in much prayer for Mary Bradley. And then I want you to be in prayer for a young man named Asher Sloman. He's a good friend with uh, his family is with our family. David grew up with him. And he is uh, in Syria at an air base right now. And they are on high alert. And his family has asked for as many people as would to just be praying for this young man. We want to lift up our service members in prayer. Amen. Oftentimes we forget about it when things are at peace, sort of, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we do want to remember them. And so I just ask if you'd pray for Asher Sloman, uh, a good young man. Pray for him to be kept safe. All right. I would like for us to open up in prayer. Adam, would you stand right where you are and open us up in a word of prayer? Redeemed how I love to proclaim it Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed through His infinite mercy his child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus. No language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever. of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Oh, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, child and forever I am. I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight. 
who lovingly guarded my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I got a few announcements that I want you to remember. Don't forget tonight, right after church, go on over to the Fellowship Hall Dollar Dog Night, uh, and everything that you give will go towards the youth group. And uh, we're not going to a rise this year, so you might have noticed we toned down the fundraisers. Did you notice that? Yeah, you did, didn't you? So we kind of toned down, but we still have other activities that go on with the youth group. In the fall, we'll be doing a fall retreat. Uh, and those all cost money. And so come out, be a blessing to it. We are thankful for our young people. Amen. And we want to support them uh, and give them great activities to do. Uh, and camp makes a big difference. So in the fall, when we go away, we want to be supporting that. Don't forget Tuesday night, Youth Group Discovery Club, 630 to 830. Tuesday night, Men's 33 Series, 645. And that's in Basil's classroom. Don't forget that. If you ordered uh, a flower from the youth group, you can pick that up on Friday, March 31st, 2 to 4, or Saturday, April the 1st, 10 to 11. And that's not a joke, okay, for the April one. You got it, right? Some of you did. Paint night. It was a bad one, but, it, you know, hey. For, uh, paint nights, Friday, March 20, 31st. Don't forget that. Don't forget to sign up for church directory photos. Please don't forget that. Uh, group photos. Uh, today was the owls. Make sure that you're hearing what will be next week uh, for our uh, directory. Uh, get all of those done. Next Sunday will be a building fund offering, so don't forget that. Sunday, April the 2nd, Paris Foundation meal. Uh, if you want to help out with that, you can see Becky Beamer. We always need some help with things for that, so please see her about that. The Owls Easter Luncheon is April the 2nd, so don't forget that. And our Easter programs will be on Good Friday, April the 7th, and Sunday, April the 9th, and I'm excited about those as well. It's really good to have uh, Mark Edwards with us. He's our missionary to Brazil. We've supported him for many years. He's done lots of different things. He's going to be preaching for us later. Uh, and we just thank the Lord for his ministry and all that God's uh, doing with them. And, man, I was thinking today about all the stuff we got to do together. And just that one time in Chicago. I don't know how we both ended up in Chicago at the same time. But we were there, and Clement took us everywhere, and it was great. But anyway, we praise the Lord for that. And he's going to be preaching for us later, and we're thankful for our missionaries. And later on, we will take up an offering uh, for him and his family. But right now, we're going to take up our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. So I'd ask our ushers to come forward for that. All right, Willie, would you ask the blessing on the offering? Father, I just want to say I love you and I thank you chance to be in your house again tonight to worship you in spirit and truth, Father. Just thank you for the ones who got baptized this morning, Father, as they follow you. Father, just help them to uh, look up to you, Father, and just uh, give everything to you, Father. And just uh, bless the service tonight. Be, be with the choir as they sing, Father. Just touch them. Be with Mark as he stands before us, Father. And we just thank you. Uh, bless the offering tonight, the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Sweetly, Lord, have we heard thee calling, come, follow me. And we see where thy footprints calling lead us to steps of Jesus where'er they go. All right, choir, in this last verse, come on up. Then at last went on high, he sees us, our journey done. We will rest where the steps of Jesus in 
steps of Jesus where'er they go. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. 
gestures he makes me lie down he restores my soul and he leads me get our ushers to come forward again we're going to take up an offering for brother mark edwards he's been our missionary for i don't know how many years how many years mark a bunch that's a good that's a good while but we huh 
10 plus. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the first time you were in Brazil, when you were in the Amazon, we supported you then. And then, uh, and now he has a work in, pronounce the name of this town again? Lages. It looks like Lages, but it's Lages. And uh, it's a city of about 180,000 people. And they have started a great church there. And so we praise the Lord for that. Let's keep praying for them. And uh, as they see souls saved and everything you give tonight in this offering will go to him and his family. Uh, and let's just be a blessing to them tonight. TJ, would you ask a blessing on this offering? For being in your house, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord, and to worship you, Lord. We just thank you for Brother Mark Edwards as he's here with us, Lord. We just pray that this offering, Lord, would be used for your glory, Lord. We just pray for his work and his mission there that he would say we would see saved souls saved for you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for their time and their dedication, Lord, and their willingness to serve. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 117, everybody stand. There's a call come ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the line, send the line. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the line, send the line, send the line. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the line. shine forevermore last verse let us not grow weary in the work of love send the line send the line let us gather jewels for a crown above send the line send the light send the get your Bible out tonight, you get your notebook out, amen, and you make sure you take notes, and uh, you, uh, you make sure that as Brother Mark comes that you're listening, he's going to share a little bit about what they're doing, but mainly open up the Word of God and preach to us this evening, so y'all be praying for him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Mark. Thank you, Brother Mike, thank you, Pastor Gary, it's always a joy to be back, uh, in Nottingham, amen. Let me make sure I got everything turned on here. All right, I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Psalms, Psalms chapter 11. Amen. Psalms chapter 11. Um, we shared a little bit in the Sunday school hour this morning uh, about what the Lord has been doing in Lages, in the Catarina Mountains of Brazil. And yes, you guys have been partners with us uh, for, for over 10 years, and we appreciate that. That is not taken lightly. It allows us to be on the field representing you uh, on the mission field. Amen? That's really what a, a missions partnership is, a, a, a church partnering with a missionary, a missionary partnering with a local church working together to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. Amen? Uh, to proclaim the glory of the Lord, to uplift the banner of the cross, and to point the lost towards Jesus. Uh, the last time I, I was with you all, I believe it was uh, November of the year before. That makes sense. Um, I made a couple of comments. I, I think I said something to the effect, I wonder what it was like for those of the 1930s living in the, the days leading up to what was going to be called eventually the Second World War. And uh, uh, historians tell us World War II didn't start until 1939 when Germany and Russia invaded Poland. Uh, but that didn't happen overnight. There is a buildup, 
and, and uh, there was planning and preparation. Germany was already at work uh, in 1935 and 36 when, when Hitler was, was finally elected back uh, to the leadership of Germany. There were already other things taking place. And we don't know where things are going in the world today. I have no idea. I'm not a, a seer in, in a biblical sense, uh, 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 the way we understand that. Uh, uh, from Old Testament times and, and bibli the biblical times of, of those days. Uh, but my point is, those people had no idea what was getting ready to happen. And uh, we don't know, you know, with all this talk about Ukraine and, 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 and China and Taiwan and all of this. But I do know this, no matter what happens, God will be with us. Amen. And, and the word of God won't change. The, the Lord's care will continue to be constant. Uh, his compassion will continue to be deep. And in Psalms chapter 11, we find uh, the young David in troubled times. Psalms chapter 11. For some reason, I'm in Psalms chapter 23. I need to back it up to <laughs> chapter 11. Uh, some say this was written when, when young David uh was, was appointed to be king, but was yet not placed in the throne. Saul was still in power. And, and, and Saul began to become uh, envious of young David, his success, his popularity. And uh, uh, the event occurred when jealous Saul in a fit of rage drew back his arm and cast the javelin. You remember that? And some say it was in, in this context that they told David, flee to the mountains, run. And, and we know the story, he went to the wilderness and, and, and all of that. So in Psalms chapter 11, understanding what could possibly be the context, the Bible says, in the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone. And a horrible tempest, this shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness his countenance doth behold the upright our heavenly father we thank you this evening for your word and god the guidance the light that it brings to us and the work it does in our heart god we thank you that our mind is renewed through its precepts and god our our heart is is made to understand your greatness through your word and lord we just pray now Help us, God, to see you tonight, to see your love and your, your, your compassionate care for us all, and to be reminded of the work at Calvary that was done to bring us to where we're at today, Lord. Seeking us, searching us, our hearts out, and bringing us to a place of salvation. And God, I just pray, Lord, you help us now, Lord, as we look into your word. Strengthen our faith, dear God. I pray you to give us a renewed vision for what you'd have us to do and, 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 and how you'd have us to serve you, God, in what could be troubled times. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I, I want to look at a couple of things. We're going to come back to Psalms chapter 11. Uh, that, that scripture found in verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Uh, one of the things we, we've, we've started to really focus on in our ministry, and I shared a good bit of this already during the Sunday school hour. Uh, one of the things is comprehensive discipleship. And by that, comprehensive, I mean uh, not just having an academic class about Bible doctrines. Not, 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 not that there's anything wrong with that. But, but integrating discipleship, uh, 
to a degree where, where we incorporate teaching people to be a soul winner and also leading to uh, uh, leadership development for those that are faithful and, and they are obedient to what the Lord would have them to do and how he would have them to live. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, when we look at what the Lord did during those three years with his disciples, uh, we see the Lord was training and preparing those first Christ followers. Uh, he didn't just, you know, give them just a simple class and leave them to their own demise. He walked with them. Uh, he taught them along the way. And, and that's kind of the approach we've been trying to take the last couple of years uh, in, in our ministry in, in Lajis. Uh, yes, we preach the gospel and, and, and we are doing all we can to proclaim Christ and, and salvation by grace through faith. But we're also trying to take a deeper approach to discipleship training. Uh, uh, Jesus said, uh, uh, yes, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's our message. He also said in Matthew 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That word teach, uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations. I look at this as Christ's method for evangelism and discipleship. That word teach is actually the Greek word that means to disciple. That's the idea behind that word teach. It's to disciple those that we evangelize. Um, so, so I look at Jesus' earthly ministry as a spiritual discipleship, leadership development, it was comprehensive. And uh, that's something we're trying to do. I mentioned this morning, uh, we're following what some call the Timothy 222 principle. And, and that is those that are faithful. Uh, Paul says, the things that thou hast heard of me, speaking to young Timothy, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. 2 Timothy 2 2. That's why we call it the Timothy 2 2 2 principle. And, and that's something that I didn't learn. I, I, it's something that I went through without realizing I was going through that. Uh, uh, a Brazilian man took me under his wing. He taught me the ministry. I walked alongside him. We had men come up in the ministry. Uh, I, I, I took them alongside and, and kind of walked alongside them, but without maybe such intentional. Uh, uh, um, planning as, as what we're doing now. And the result of that were, were young men that stuck around in the ministry and they're now preaching and evangelizing and starting churches in other parts of Brazil. And this morning we talked about seeing the value in Apollos. Apollo was a man who uh, had only a portion of truth. He had learning gaps and instead of wadding him up and throwing him in the trash can, because maybe his doctor was a little bit off. Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and instructed him more perfectly in the ways of the Lord. And we looked at that this morning as well. These are things that we're doing. And in all of this, we're looking at three main characteristics. And I want to say this, just, just to kind of tie the two thoughts together. We need to look at gospel ministry in preparation for perhaps troubled times. We need to have strong leadership in our local churches, amen? And we need to also, just as what you guys are doing here, uh, uh, invest in our younger generation so that we have a, a continuing cycle of new leadership coming on board, learning to be disciples, learning to be perhaps Sunday school teachers, perhaps future deacons, evangelists, and, and, and other areas of Christian service. So one of the things that we are doing, we're, we've taken the life and work of Jesus Christ with those 12 disciples, and we, we've, we've identified three specific things, a foundation of discipleship. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Sometimes you, you've got an old house, and uh, it, it's in, in need of reformation, and you don't really know what to do. Well, if you've got a good foundation, you can sometimes come back and wipe things away and get back to the, the, the bare basics and build it up the way it needs to be. And, and when we look at the ministry of Jesus, 
He lays a foundation of discipleship. So three things that we focus on. Number one, the Word of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Uh, what we teach our people, three things that Jesus specifically identified and tied to discipleship, being a disciple. And that's not, this is not to say there aren't other characteristics of being a disciple. That's not to say there aren't other uh, important truths that we need to learn as Christians. But what I am saying is in the New Testament, you'll only find three direct references where Jesus tagged a certain act or characteristic with being, and he says it, a disciple. So an example of that is walking and living in God's word. In John chapter 8, in John chapter 8, you know, I, I love tablets, but sometimes they can be so aggravating. Uh, it's just so easy to travel with. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word. And he says specifically, then are ye my disciples indeed. And, and this is a no-brainer, or at least it ought to be. The importance of God's word. Amen. Uh, Jesus authenticated the Old Testament. He confirmed it and he stressed and he, he placed the importance of the authority of God's word in the life of a believer. Amen. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he, he looked back to Old Testament scripture and he, he rebuked Satan saying what? Man shall not live by bread alone but by Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When we first rolled into Bully Shoe, I shouldn't say rolled, when we first motored in or, or boated in to Bully Shoe, they're in the Amazon. They, they don't have roads, so you really can't roll in. You, you got a boat in. And I uh, had a little John boat. We, one of the first things when we went in there and, and I was get, we were getting set up and getting ready to, to start evangelizing. Well, you know what? It's important to lay down the foundation of the authority of God's word. Now, the reason is, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, it, it, it's, it's our primary source. But, but what often happens is in, in other cultures that aren't basic Christian cultures, Bible founders, they create traditions and ideas, myths. And they have funny ideas. Did you know? Now, we're coming up on, on, on the Easter season, right? Did you know? That if you go hunting on Good Friday, the Virgin Mary will cause something bad to happen to you. That's a tradition that our people grow up with. And, 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 I, and I realize, you know, we do want to have some reverence uh, for that week leading up to the time that Jesus died. But the Bible doesn't say that. But yet there are traditions that, that lock people into a mindset of fear and, and, and distorted doctrine to create ideas that are like crazy. An example, my neighbor, he, he had some buddies visiting from out of town, and man, they wanted to go hunting. Now, we don't have a whole lot of hunting. The deer population is really low. A lot of people go armadillo hunting. I don't know about you folks from Texas. That's a thing there. I don't know. Uh, 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 maybe other people from the deep south. I've had armadillo. It's not that great, but hey, they like to do it. But they went armadillo hunting. They had their dogs. and uh, But my buddy told those friends of his, you can't do that. It's Friday. It's Good Friday. The Virgin Mary will put a curse and something bad is going to happen. And, and as he tells the story, his dogs went out and, and, and got on the trail of some armadillo or whatever and started digging whenever they, wherever they found the lair. And uh, sure enough, there was a fertilance and it bit one of the dogs and the dog died. And that was proof. Well, you can't base your life on stuff like that. Why well, we need to understand the importance of God's word. God's word is superior to man's tradition. Amen. In, in Matthew chapter 7, turn with me. Uh, the, the, final, the final point, if you will, 
in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Now, I know in Sunday school we often use this parable of the wise man, the wise builder and the foolish builder. And it's not wrong if you make the application about the importance of the gospel for salvation and for your life. That's not a wrong application. But what Jesus was really teaching, and he says it, he spells it out in verse 24. He's establishing and, 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 and confirming the authority of his word. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Did you, did you catch that? I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And yes, that has applications too. Our salvation, but it has application to everything in life. He's talking about the importance of his word. We need to build our faith on God's word. We need to build our work, our ministry on God's word. We need to build our family on God's word. That's what Jesus is emphasizing as he, as he comes to the closing point of the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and I, I look at Matthew 7 as an extension of chapter 5, 6, and 7. You know, uh, we look at the Beatitudes, and sometimes we think that's the only thing that Jesus preached uh, uh, in his Sermon on the Mount. But I, but I think 6 and 7 are all connected together. And Jesus is stressing this. Why? Because the religion of the day was so infused with cultural traditions and ideas that men had created to the point where they placed those traditions above what God's word said. And we've got to have the, the wisdom and the discernment to understand in our life what, what, what we do. Is it really based on God's word? You see, there are Bible traditions, biblical traditions we ought to follow. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, inspired by God, said, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. But he, he, he qualifies that. He says, which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. See, there are, are traditions that are biblical. Those are the traditions that we follow. In Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, again, Inspired by God says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. See, there's a difference there. Traditions are good if they're biblically sound, if they're grounded in the Word of God. But the problem is sometimes our traditions supersede what God actually said and what Jesus taught in Mark chapter 7 we make the word of word of God of none effect for tradition so we've got to be careful so we teach our people to continue in God's word what is actually stated in his word now we have principles and where we can draw wisdom and, and we use those principles to make uh, decisions to give us wisdom but we got to make sure it's based on God's word. Second thing that we stress and that we, that we teach, and I hit on this Thursday night, is to walk in God's love. Walk in God's love. Jesus said in John chapter 13, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Now I know in our fundamental macho world, sometimes we don't like to tell somebody, I love you. I, I, I grew up just not hearing that a lot. And it, sometimes it's awkward to say it or, or to show that affection. But you know what? That's a mark of a disciple. We're going to get back down to the foundations to, uh, to guide us through troubled times. We need to get back to the foundation of God's word, the foundation of God's love. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. 
See, these are two things already. Jesus specifically calls out and teaches and he tags it with being a disciple. He declares that. He makes that verbal statement and identifying it with true disciple living. Continuing in what God's word says and walking in love. What kind of love? It's that agape love. It's that love that treats other people the way that God would want us to treat them. It's loving the way Jesus teaches us to love. Jesus loved unconditionally. Jesus loved sacrificially. And we could go on and on and on, but do a study about God's love. It's part of his very essence. God is love. And that should be a, an identifying characteristic as true Christians, whether we're men of God, whether we're women, ladies of God, it should be something that's prevalent in our lives. First Timothy chapter 1, the Bible says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. It's actually an evidence of genuine faith. That word charity, and, I, and I, again, I, it's something I, I tried to bring out Thursday, if you were there at the, the, the uh, fundraising event. In, in the Word of God, when you find the word charity, in 99.99999% of the verses, there's 24 verses, that word charity almost always translates the Greek word agape, which is God's love. But... It's always love directed in the context to those around us. Now, we should love God, all our heart, our mind, and soul. But in those verses that use the word charity to translate agape, it's love, it's, it's agape love. The context is always in how we relate to our neighbor, our brother or sister in Christ. Isn't that interesting? I think God's trying to teach us something with that. The way we treat each other should be governed by the principles of God's love. And he says in 1 Timothy, he says it's the end of the commandment. You see, Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And then when Paul comes along and he's writing to Timothy there in 1 Timothy 1.5, that's, if you want to note that down, that's, that's what I'm quoting about charity. The end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. It's our love towards those around us from a genuine heart, a pure heart, an authentic heart. Without uh, 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 St. Interesses, how, how do you say St. Interesses in, in, in English? Uh, without our, our own personal ulterior motives. I guess that may, may be a, a, a decent way to translate that. Uh, you know, sometimes we do good to other people because we want to get something back in, in return. Well, that, that's, that's, that's not... Love out of a pure heart. What he's saying is an altruistic love that isn't doing it to get glory for ourselves or gain some advantage down the road. Sometimes we treat people nice because, well, maybe in six months they could come back and do a job for me or do this. Or You, you see what I'm saying? He says of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. That's a faith that's authentic, that's not faked. That's a real faith, this love that Jesus teaches us, that he demonstrated at the cross of Calvary. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. That, that idea of, of God commending his love, he proved it, he declared it. He, he, he showed it with, with, with concrete evidence. The love that God has for you here tonight. I don't know if it's right to say irregardless. Is that proper English? Reg uh, irregardless of your past. Or, or, or the way you, you talk to your husband or your wife. Or, or the way you talk to your parents. Hey, God still loves you. It's unconditional love. And then thirdly, one of the third characteristics that, that we look at and we focus on and that Jesus shows and tags directly to being a disciple is in John chapter 15. This is foundational to being a Christian. John chapter 15, 
to being a true disciple. Now, before I, I, I let the, 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 the cat out of the bag or spill the beans or whatever other phrase you want to insert there, uh, it's interesting that in, in these verses that we're going to read, Jesus is here at the Last Supper, and he actually he goes back and he, he, he ties the preceding two things that we just talked about, the importance of God's Word and walking in love. But in John chapter 15, he, he brings out a third characteristic of being a disciple. And this is something we ought to teach as we disciple others. Jesus said in John 15, 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my, what? disciples you see that uh, once more and if we'll go on just a few verses more as the father hath loved me so have i loved you continue ye in my love if ye keep my commandments ye shall abide in my love even as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love jesus ties it all together the importance of, of, of his word, the foundational principle that God's word is supreme, the importance of, of living the love that Jesus taught us, and, and that love should also lead us back to obeying what God teaches. You see how that kind of, it, it, it lends, it, 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 it builds and adds uh, uh, reinforcement one to another. The more that we walk in our love for God, the more we want to obey his commandments because we love God. And we'll also want to love our neighbor because that's something that Jesus commanded us to do. But the third thing that we're looking at now is that we bear much fruit. Jesus wants us to bear fruit. And, and, and this is interesting as well. Go with me over to uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5. The famous uh, verse on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 he says here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Whoa, there it is again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. You can't get enough of this. There's no limit to this. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. You mean even when, when, when somebody treats me wrong, yeah, I need to have long-suffering, you know, patience, gentleness. You know, when they cut us off in traffic, you know, when, you're, when, you, when you pull up, you're going to back in and somebody tries to cut in front of you and take your parking space, you know. <laughs> yeah. Meekness, temper. That wasn't me, by the way. I, I, I'm just, that, that's extra. I'm just throwing that out. That's like an appetite, you know, it's just. Hey, what, I, what am I saying? Jesus identifies three characteristics of being a disciple. And these are foundational. And we need these things. We've, we've got to, to live these things. And on these things, God builds a foundation for us to live a Christian life that's pleasing. And we learn to walk with the Lord and see his care for us and, and fulfill his calling on our life. This was a three-year process for Jesus. Jesus took three years training his disciples. And we could go on and talk about soul winning, but I won't go into all of that. But I just want to say, uh, we don't know what we're going to face in the next couple of years, but I believe God is going to carry us through. If we'll keep our, our focus on him, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and learning from him and reaching others and discipling them for the glory of God. Let's stand to our feet this, this evening. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I just try to keep it simple, God, and keep it focused on what your word says, Lord. Don't want to, to, to perform or, or put on or, or anything like that, God. Just want to just live in your word and try to share its simplicity. Simple principles that are foundational for us to fulfill what you've called us all to do regardless of our place of service or our unique ministries God I pray you to help us God to live these principles and love others and love you above all things we 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor, I want to ask you to come.